Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Rubber gloves have touched so much dirty stuff. And the only way to put on rubber gloves is to touch the rubber gloves. So then you take the dirty stuff that the rubber gloves are living with and then you put them on your fingers and then you stuff them into rubber and then you sweat and then it all goes into your skin so you're basically much worse off than if you used your mouth Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port Oh, hello you. Hello. How's your week been? Uh, yeah, it's been alright. How about you? Uh, largely good. Largely good. good okay. um, went to see Hamilton. You did not. The musical. Did you? Yeah. And? The, the hot, I mean, well. Did you fall asleep? I didn't. I stayed, I mean, like, it was one of the best things I've ever seen on a stage. Uh, okay, okay. And. You know, you feel like you've had it when when it's time for the interval. You feel like you've had an adrenaline shot. I mean, it's, it's that sort of exciting and good. Um, so before it started, I was thinking I might never come to the theatre again because I dislike so much going along the row past people's knees and people having to stand up mm. that I thought it's just very uncomfortable. I should do some kind of ordered system. Yes. Where you're not allowed entry unless you're the first, you know, they do it so you don't have to do that anymore. Like when they do on planes, they board you by row. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah because, mm. and, and I don't know if this is just me being paranoid, but I feel that there are two types of people. There are people who just understand that's how it is, you know, you've got to budge past people in a theatre and not everybody arrives at the same time and, yeah. you know, as long as you're there by curtain up. And then there are people who resent you for going past them. Oh, they get furious. Yeah. And when they don't, they won't actually stand up. They'll move their knees to one side yeah, yeah, and yeah, they'll yeah, kind yeah. of sigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then people leaving their bags in the yeah. you know, tuck oh. it under your seat. Ugh. So anyway, so before it started, I'm thinking, I, I don't know if I'm going to, I might be done with the theatre now. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen enough. <laughs> um, and then by the interval, I was just thinking, this this is one of the best things I've ever seen on a stage. It's so good and so unlike anything I've seen before. And, you know, it's, it's a, a history musical about one of the lesser-known founding fathers of America who drew up the financial system. Right. Which, I mean... That doesn't sound interesting. It's an unlikely topic yeah, for musical. Yeah, but it's just so, so good. So anyway, I came out at the interval and I went to the bar and Sarah went to the loo. And this guy said to me, mm. so what do you think so far then? Oh, just a stranger? Yeah, like a guy at the bar. Oh. And the thing is, I don't like giving an opinion. 
until you've heard everyone else's. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I don't even like saying my opinion to mm. Sarah when I'm within hearing distance mm. of other people who have watched or are watching something because I don't want their experience to be sort of affected by my opinion <laughs> at all. And even though this particular musical has had rave reviews yeah. and like won all the awards, yeah. you, don't, you don't want like you want to make sure that everyone around you has <laughs> yeah. got the same thoughts. So, so he says, so what do you think so far? And I, so I, I, as as neutral as I can be, I say, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Okay. I mean, that could mean I'm enjoying the theatre. Being it out. It could mean I'm enjoying being out yeah, for the evening. Yeah. Be, and then, then he says, yeah. uh, well, I think it's awful. I mean, there's not a single song in it. There's nothing that would be recognisable as a song. Oh, he was dying to tell you you didn't like it, wasn't right. he? <laughs> dying. And then, like, that's not what I thought. And I actually thought that was quite a dumb opinion on his part because he's got a very fixed opinion Mm. of what a song should be, which is obviously very traditional. Mm. And this is a musical that, you know, has elements of hip-hop as well as musical theatre or whatever. But I just went, "Mm, yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't say that. Maybe. I mean, I was just enjoying being out, really. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I just was so afraid of any kind of confrontation or getting into it or him then coming back with an argument as to why he was right and then me having to think of something as to... I mean, I just just went, yeah, maybe. You did the right thing. Yeah, I see what you mean. (laughs) The only reason he said that to you is because he wanted you to give you his opinion and he wanted to get into it with you. I know. That's so often the case with people, isn't it? They're only asking so that they can either give their opinion or give their story (laughs) or whatever. They're just waiting for their turn to speak. Um, and anyway, it was you know the second half was brilliant. I was in floods of tears. <laughs> uh, it was just so so good. And as I say, one of the best things I've ever seen. And yet, I still resented it when the person in front of me stood up to do a standing ovation because oh, I just thought, oh god, well we, we'll all have to do it now. Oh, won't we? <laughs> you don't like a standing ovation? Listen, I think I've said this before on the podcast. Yeah, like n- no. The person who is starting a standing ovation, yeah. that is never a great person. Okay. Are they doing it for attention? Uh, there's something going on. Okay. I'm not, I think standing ovations are nice, mm. but I think if you're the person who is the first <laughs> one to do it, there's, there's something going on with you, right? Okay. Yeah. But anyway, um, that's that's my review of sorts. Uh, if people you know, fancy a night out at the theatre yes. in a year, because that's how long you have to wait for a ticket, right. then I can, uh, I can highly recommend Hamilton. The main module of the show with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a program called Adrift. Can you get with it yet? It's our favourite part of the podcast. It's the bit where we hear your stories. Please share your story with us. Tell us about these excruciating things that have happened to you, even at the even if at the time you thought to yourself, I can never tell anybody this ever. <laughs> things that still make you cringe years later. Uh, tell us about them, please. Your your failed efforts at human interaction. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Firstly from James. I was just listening to Annabelle telling the story about the Christmas tree and need to share the following. I live in the centre of Tunbridge Wells, Royal Tunbridge Wells, for some people that live here and need that feeling of social acceptance. (laughs) And as such, when my girlfriend and I go out for a few drinks, we end up passing a number of charity shops on the way home. As we walk down the street, we see sweet toys in the windows. 
their dead eyes, looking at us, saying, will you take us home? (laughs) By the time we get back home, we have guilt-tripped each other to the extreme that one of us will go back and buy said toy. And now we have a family of (laughs) baubles, a dog with antlers, loops, a frog, doofus, an odd-looking dog, Watkins, a little pig, plus many others. I type this as tomorrow one of us will buy Papa Bear, which we've seen an hour ago on the way home. They're so cruel to each other. <laughs> it wants you, it needs oh, you. Oh, <laughs> God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I mean, that's reminded me of a story I told years ago when I was in a previous relationship. Mm. Like, so, so I'm not a cuddly toy person. No. Um, and, you know... No judgment, but I, I would feel quite weird if I had a lot of cuddly toys around the house. Yeah. That being said, mm. um, you sort of accidentally accumulate things. It ha- just happens. Yeah. yeah. And there was this sort of one day when I noticed there were, I don't know, somewhere in the house, five, six of these things. And I thought, we, we can't be the sort of people who have cuddly toys as adults. So I just thought, I'm going to put them in a box and then put them in a cupboard. So I put them all in the box and then I could see them all looking at me and I thought, oh no, I've just done an awful thing. And so I'm just like imprisoning them, putting putting them in, in the hole, like in the big house. I mean, it's not solitary confinement, but basically I'm I'm imprisoning these things in a box. So to make myself feel better about it, <laughs> I, I wrote on the outside of the box, cuddly den. Like it was a fun den for them all to be in. Changes it immediately, though, from prison to a lovely place to be. Well, what do you think about this then? So my my boyfriend's mum bought my son Rudy a thing called Lottie the Ladybird, which is one of those big soft toy things that you sit on and rock. It's a rocker, basically. Right, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And for some reason, I've really taken against it. I think it's because... (laughs) Like it, it, it takes up more room than I'd like and it's and it never uses it. Yeah. It's got this big yellow moon face and, <laughs> and actually that, that was from a charity show. And, and it's always got on my nerves. And two days ago, I was in a massively bad mood and my son was like really whinging and the dog was whining for food. And I, got, <laughs> I got in such a bad mood. I can't believe I did this. I punched it in the face. <laughs> I felt so awful <laughs> that I had to comfort it. What did you say to I said, it? I'm so sorry. I don't know what's come over me. I'm just having a really bad day. <laughs> it's in an abusive relationship. Oh, I know. I feel terrible. Anyway, let's move on. Wow. That's, that's quite something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is from Tiffany. When me and my brother were younger, my dad, a big northern, now retired police officer, used to sing funny little songs to us. One of the songs that sticks out is Have You Seen My Wife to the music of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Just to be clear, Have You Seen My Wife are the only words in this song, but it would have me and my brother in fits of giggles. (laughs) Fast forward around 25 years to just a couple of months ago, me and my team at work on one of our vape breaks got talking as we usually do about films. One guy on my team started passionately talking about Close Encounters of the Third Kind, one of his favourite films, then proceeded to hum the now iconic melody of the aliens coming to Earth. So I followed it up with my very confident rendition of Have You Seen My Wife? (laughs) To which I got blank stares. As it dawned on me, I felt the steely eyes of confusion. I meekly said, 
no one? You know, have, have, have you seen my wife? Then they all fell about laughing. It was then I realised that Have You Seen My Wife isn't a well-known comedy song. It's just something my dad made up. Further confirmed by the what on earth are you talking about exclamations from my team. I shuffled in my shoes, desperately wanted to hide, run, anything to break free of the embarrassment of having to explain about the weird made-up songs we've inherited from my dad. I just assumed that it was a real song and everyone knew about it. Oh, that's so, I mean, I've got one a bit like that. Oh, go on. Which is, <laughs> I guess it would have started at potty training. Mm. Um, if I was sort of straining to to move my bowel, my dad would say, you just kind of push and you go, Uncle Mick! <laughs> Uncle Mick! Right. So as, as a kid, mm. I just thought like Uncle Mick was, I didn't think it was a particular Uncle Mick. Mm. It was just a thing that everybody said. Right. Some years later, yeah, yeah. I think as teenagers... I was discussing this with my cousin Rachel, mm. whose dad, and I hadn't made the connection, oh. is my Uncle Mick. No. And who, at the time of my dad teaching me to do this, was his superior at the post office. No! <laughs> no! Your dad's amazing. <laughs> it, just never, it hadn't occurred to me there was a link between those two things. Your dad is brilliant. Yeah. That's so great. Until she took umbrage all those years yeah, later. Yeah. I think that's another really good topic. Things that, like family things you didn't realise was just your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Led yeah. to like yeah. embarrassing situations. Okay, this final one is from Anonymous. I have a story of one of my many failures to handle basic human interaction. I've always really struggled to know how to act when greeting people because the physical contact with people I don't know that well seems unnatural to me. Gradually as a teenager, I got on board with the idea of the handshake, but that is not always socially sufficient, particularly if as a man I'm greeting a woman. Hugs are fine now I'm used to them, but the one thing I will never get used to is cheek kissing. Every time I have to meet someone new, I dread that they're going to expect this this ritual. The rules are confusing to me. Do you pretend to kiss and just make the sound? Pucker but no contact. Actually kiss the cheek. How many times? We live in Britain, but occasionally I work in Europe, which is even more bewildering because then sometimes I'm expected to do this when I greet men too. And sometimes not with different procedures for different places. These days, my strategy to avoid being rendered immobile with anxiety on greeting someone is to go right in for a quick hug in an attempt to ward off the kiss. Sometimes people at first think I'm going in for the cheek, but they always adapt and I seem quite friendly rather than the socially inept neurotic that I am. Anyway, some years ago when I was in my 20s, and before I had properly honed the hug strategy, a well-known British boy band was staging a reunion and for complicated reasons I was working on it, which was the first time I'd worked on a live show. Even though I had nothing to do with fashion, I was helping to create some light-up outfits, so I was actually working with the band's personal stylist and his young female assistant. I'm telling you this so that you understand how trendy these people were and how out of place I was amongst them. The final time I was working backstage, the assistant stylist came in to say hello. On previous counters, she had opted for cheek kisses, which I'd always timidly failed to deflect into hugs. So this time, I mentally readied myself and went in for the cheek kiss directly. Only for some reason, maybe due to my earlier awkwardness, this time she was actually attempting a hug. 
I still can't really explain why, but my brain was already locked onto the cheek kissing track and couldn't be derailed. So as she pulled me in for the brief hug, I ended up planting a kiss on the inside of her neck. <laughs> I can't quite describe the horror inside me as my brain caught up. What to do? How can I explain that I had no choice, that I'd already committed to the cheek kiss and I needed forward notice that there'd been a change in protocol? So I took the only course of action I felt was open to me, which was to pretend that nothing out of the ordinary had happened. I'll never forget the look of distracted confusion on her face as we chatted for a few minutes and then she left. The work was completed so I never saw her again. But I still sometimes worry that somewhere out there she's telling stories of the time she worked with a strange (laughs) neck-kissing deviant. (laughs) I mean, I know I've said this before as well, but I have a lot of sympathy with that story because I was once introduced to TV personality and West End star Denise Van Outen (laughs) and in almost identical circumstances ended up with her earlobe in my mouth. So, And and I do generally advocate the hug as a method. I'm a hugger. And I think the reason I've become a hugger is because it closes down the the kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a way of stifling that, isn't it? God, these things. I I mean, the way we're judged on these things. Like handshakes you're judged on. Like people judge your character. (laughs) Less so as a woman, I'm sure. But like there's this idea that they can judge your character through your handshake. Whether it's limp or not. Yeah. You've got a weak personality. You know, so then I'm so paranoid about my handshake. I shook hands with somebody who, you know, had been to a posh school. And he said, you shake hands like you've got an electric buzzer concealed in there. I think I'm so paranoid about my handshake that I'm overly firm. Oh, it's just awful, isn't it? I mean, so with regards to the kissing and, yeah. and whatever, like I remember being a kid and finding it funny that French people were kissing each yes, other. Yes, we used to laugh at them. Yeah, and and somehow, like, so whatever your view on Brexit is, I think we can all agree, <laughs> like all of us on whichever side of the divide, we can all agree that this sort of thing must stop post-Brexit. <laughs> Yes, if this is a good thing to come out of it, then yes, please. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever your views are. This is your favorite program, Adrift. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. All right, Annabelle, yeah. we'll uh, move on to your story yeah. in a second. Can I just say we've opted to leave the window open today? Oh yeah. And uh, like, I don't know if you will hear it on the podcast or not, but there's been a helicopter going over, and we're both too lazy to get up and close the window. It's nice to get the room aerated as well. I haven't even it? noticed, and I'm not wearing headphones. Oh right, okay. <laughs> well, that 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 um, I can't decide whether that bodes well or bodes mm. poorly because I am wearing headphones. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess will many of our listeners be. But you know, it's quite possible you can't hear it. But just in case you're thinking what's going on in there, that's what's going on okay. in there. Okay. Um, so what? story about this week okay hotels Mm. now i love hotels Mm. but i have to say that i don't know all of the rules like for example you might be able to answer this is it okay to insist on carrying your own bags to your room if it's that kind of hotel where it's offered to you yeah yeah i mean so so here's what i think on that i think it kind of is Mm. and i've definitely done that okay but i do think there's a certain type of porter whose nose would be put out of joint by that and then every time you walk in and out I feel that person is judging you slightly. Because obviously I don't want to have to go through the whole rigmarole of do I give them money? How much do I give them? How do I give it to them? Yeah, yeah. I can't bear it, so I prefer to avoid it. I mean, it's a reason to not travel to America. 
Right, yes. Because everybody expects tips for this, that and the other. And like, I've, I've been on planes to America before now and been excited about going on holiday and then realising I've not got cash on me and then thinking, how am I going to get the right number of dollar bills? I mean, it's, it's so just, stressful. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, I don't know what it's okay to steal and what it's not okay to steal. Like, I think you can take the shampoo mm-hmm. and the soap and the shower cap, mm-hmm. but the sewing set and the slippers? Uh, sewing set, yes, slippers, dependent. <laughs> If they seem very kind of throwaway and flimsy, yeah, yeah. I think you can take them. Okay. If they seem sort of more substantial, you're getting into the dressing gown territory. Okay, okay. And you can't take the dressing gowns. Okay. So I once stayed at a very expensive hotel in Hong Kong for two nights, that the Peninsula, if anyone knows it. And it wasn't a freebie because my then boyfriend is a travel journalist. And my cousin, who lives in Hong Kong, came to see us and she stole our bath mat which I'm fairly sure isn't okay. And can I say as well, my cousin lives in what I would describe as a mansion with a maid. She's got this bath mat with the peninsula written on it. Sure, that looks nice. I think we can say that my cousin is not a drifter in any way at all. Um, But one of the best things, one of the things that I do really love about hotels is the breakfast. Mm. But it has to be a breakfast buffet. If I've got to ask anyone for anything, then it spoils it for me. Mm -hmm. I like all the stuff laid out. You just go and get it. No waiting. And I, I... someone who prefers a smaller hotel because they're usually nicer, less people. Mm. But the downside is that there are less people at breakfast, so it's a bit more intimate. Mm. And nobody wants to be intimately eating with people they don't know first thing in the morning, do they? (laughs) And a few years ago, when I still went on holidays, (laughs) I went with my boyfriend to Portugal. We stayed in a lovely small hotel, but it had two of the worst things at breakfast. First of all, no buffet. And you couldn't even order. You just brought the breakfast of that day. I mean, it was really nice, Mm. but it's not the same, is it? The other worst thing, a communal breakfast table. That's not good. We all sit together like a wagamama. That was terrible. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And the hotel was designed like a Moroccan Riyadh and you were encouraged to leave your shoes in a rack by the door and take a pair of house slippers. And I didn't really fancy the look of any of the slippers. Like They looked like they'd seen better days. So <laughs> I just went barefoot and that seemed to be fine. What if they'd offered you a Veruca sock to wear? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I just, if I had a Veruca, I'd wear it. But otherwise, I'd probably go barefoot. So when I'd come in the door, I'd leave my shoes, which was my summer shoe of choice, my Birkenstocks, by the door. But on the first evening, when we went down to go out to dinner to leave the hotel, I went down barefoot, obviously, to put my Birkenstocks on, and they weren't there. They'd been stolen. No, I was obviously upset because, first of all, Birkenstocks are very expensive. Like They cost me £55. And also my trust being broken of leaving my shoes by the door, this lovely idea, like it'd just been ruined by this thief. And there wasn't anyone around I could tell about it because it's not the kind of hotel where there's someone on duty all the time. Right. So I planned to tell the owner at breakfast. But before I could, a German couple came down and I glanced at the lady's feet and she was wearing my shoes. No. She was, she was wearing my shoes. So I do the only thing I can. I grass her up to the owner. <laughs> I discreetly say what's happened and how I feel that the perp is in our midst. And I leave her to deal with it. And it's a small room. And as I said, the communal table. So yeah. I hear everything that happens. And she has to ask the German lady if they're her shoes. <laughs> Excuse me, are these these your shoes? And it emerges that she hadn't strictly stolen them. No, worse than this, she'd assumed they were part of this skanky house slipper collection. (laughs) My £55 shoes! This isn't the worst thing that's happened to me at breakfast in a hotel, though. The worst thing took place in another small hotel. We're going back about 10 years now. This time there was a buffet breakfast, but it did have individual tables. And it was filled with couples speaking in hushed tones because nobody wants to draw attention to themselves in this kind of situation. And I go to get myself a delicious pastry. 
and there's a tongue next to the croissants, which I feel obliged to use just because it's there, even mm. though I'm only touching the one that I'm going to be touching. Yeah. And when I go to use the tongs, something goes horribly wrong. And I don't even know now exactly how it happened. But as I use the tong to collect my croissant, somehow a bit of skin on my hand gets caught in the mechanism <laughs> of the tong, which is hugely painful, so painful that I can't think straight. And I let go of the tongs, but now the tongs are just hanging off my hands, like gripped onto one piece of skin. And I want to scream, but I also don't want to draw attention to myself. So I'm kind of making strangling noises, which alerts my then boyfriend who comes over and does the only thing he can think to do he karate chops the top of my hands <laughs> which to his credit works but the pain is terrible and worse is this terrible scene that it must have caused the girl getting a pastry tongue stuck in her hand and having to have it karate chopped off <laughs> so i can hardly bring myself to even look up but i do not one single reaction. No recognition of what has just happened, which just makes me love hotel breakfast even more. And I brought the bath mat home with me as compensation for my injury. And I didn't really. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hi. It's a show and it's also a demeanour. It's the bit of the podcast where we ask you to support us on Patreon. You heard Annabelle there lamenting the fact that you can't go on holidays anymore. Oh, poor me. Maybe, maybe if the Patreon did well enough, you could go on a mini break. Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? You could go on a pleasure cruise. A pleasure cruise on a mini break? I don't know. <laughs> I'll think about it. What next. is a pleasure cruise? I don't know. Isn't it when you go away for two weeks or something? I thought a pleasure cruise was like a mini thing. Like, Don't uh, you do it in an afternoon? Uh, Oh. Do, do you go for like when you go on a glass bottom boat right. for a couple of hours? Is yeah. that not a pleasure cruise? Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Well, I'd like to do that. Yeah, there's a, there's um, a barge that goes up and down the canal from Maida Vale to London Zoo. I'm imagining that's probably a pleasure oh, cruise. Right, right. Okay. Different from a booze cruise. Mm-mm. People next door went on a booze cruise at the weekend. Did they? They went on what they called a pre-Brexit booze cruise oh. to Calais. <laughs> that's a thing. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, you know, just. Actually, just enabling us to keep doing the podcast is what we're after with this and just showing you support for it. Uh, we're not after real sort of luxury cruise liners or anything like that. I mean, it'd be lovely if it got to that stage. Mm-hmm. Listen, if the Patreon ever gets to a point where we can buy a, a super yacht, mm-hmm. we'll get some kind of timeshare going on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah where yeah. You, you can come aboard if you are, you know, responsible for us having a super yacht. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that could be extra layers of <laughs> layers of reward. Yeah. If you if you back us for five million a year, <laughs> you can come on. You can come on the, the the super yacht for one week, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so on. Mm. Um, okay, because I think just in case people think I'm being unreasonable, there, I think super yachts cost like 150 million pounds, don't they? Oh, okay, right. I think I think yachts aren't as much as that. Right, right. Like yachts yacht. seem very reasonable yeah. by comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super ones, though. Yeah, right. you're yeah. quite right. Right. Um, you know, that's what you can land a helicopter on. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can have a disco on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was I talking about? Patreon. Mm. Now, we are currently trying to thrash out our next Patreon uh, treat for our supporters. And we were asking you for video ideas. Mm. This one comes from Ash, who says, Hey, Ash, I have an idea for a bonus feature for Patreons. In the same way... Sorry, in the same vein as the meal plan stroke tracking idea, it'd be you guys doing a cooking show type video where one of you or both of you makes a favourite dish with simple directions for viewers. Personally, I would love this. Oh, do you think that would be popular? So here's, here's what I think. I think watching me cook 
would either be, well, I think most of it would be extremely boring and then the rest of it would be extremely anxiety producing. I think there'd be a lot of horror at the mess involved. Right. So, so yeah. So in fact, it is three stages. That's mm. that's the final stage. Mm-hmm. So we had people over for um, lunch on Saturday. I spent all of Friday night, having been and bought the ingredients, mm. sort of writing out exactly how I was going to do it. So four separate dishes on the table, wow. back timing it oh, so that uh, it it all sort of um, arrived and was ready at the same time. Um, writing down, you know, how many of such and such spices, what stage of the um, recipe they go in at and so on. So I made a big plan on Saturday night, Friday night. Mm-hmm. Saturday morning, I then spent decanting all the spices and different ingredients into separate containers and lining them up in a queue. Oh, wow. So they were ready to go in oh, at yeah. the right time. That is like a TV show, though, having it all out ready. Yeah, yeah. but I th- the preparation isn't... No, no, the preparing isn't, isn't there. <laughs> and then what happens is as soon as sort of the gas burners go on, I then go into a state of heightened anxiety mm. where, I, as I've said before, it's the same feeling as when... Um, the shopping is coming down the conveyor belt for you mm. in the supermarket and you can't get it in the bag quick enough. Whatever that feeling is, is what it feels like when I'm cooking. And, you know, if I start something a minute late, then I'm recalculating everything. Mm. I'm swearing, I'm hurting myself, I'm dropping things. Over the summer, I had to apologise to the next door neighbours because, you know, we'll always have the back door open in the summer. They're often in their garden. And it occurred to me that the foul language <laughs> that I'm using would be very audible to their kids because, <laughs> honestly, it would make Gordon Ramsay <laughs> look like somebody who said Wally. Well, I think it's sounding more appealing, a very foul-mouthed cookery programme. I'm, <laughs> I'm liking the... I'm liking the you could, yeah, you could do, like, an Indian dish. I actually quite like this idea. You do? Yeah, but let's do the meal plan first. I really want to do the meal plan. OK, we'll do, we'll do that. We'll do yeah. that. Anyway, so uh, these these are things we're thinking about, and you can access... Oh, I mean, just imagine if you could access things like that. <laughs> uh, support us at patreon.com stroke adrift. Now that you're listening, it's happening. Do you know it? Do you like it? When will you be here in the future? I will be here in the future. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. This morning, my wife and I went for breakfast at a local restaurant cum cafe uh, that we, we've been to, you know, quite often since it opened. And we've become reasonably friendly with one of the chef patrons. Okay. Right? Um. Now, something they have on the menu there is a Reuben sandwich. Okay. I don't know what that is. So I think uh, it's sort of typically pastrami, cheese, pickle and sauerkraut. Okay. Um, but obviously I'm vegetarian, mm. so I don't like, you know, I couldn't ordinarily have it. But there was one time we are in there and I was looking at it and I thought, I bet that would be good vegetarian. I bet if you just took the meat out of that, that would still be a good sandwich. Mm. So I asked him if he could do it veggie. He says, sure, no problem. Had it, it was delicious. I've had it subsequently delicious. Okay. So we go in there this morning and our friend isn't working today. And it's a waitress I've never seen before. Mm. She comes over to take our order. I say, hi, I'd really like the Reuben sandwich, but can you do it vegetarian? Uh, we, we've had it a few times before, such and such, who works here, uh, says it's no problem. Yeah. So straight away her, her face drops and goes, well, no, then it won't be vegetarian, will it? 
I said, no, if I can have it without the meat. She went, yeah, it still won't be vegetarian. I mean, they, they, it's prepared with meat in the bread. So the bread is, I guess, soaked in meat in some way is what she was saying. And I'm saying, oh, really? Because, I mean, I've definitely, you know, we know such and such, and he's definitely done a veggie version for me before, so I think it can be done. Mm. And she's adamant that it can't be done. Right. So the question then becomes, is she right? Mm. And he's been like fobbing me off with meaty bread, thinking I won't notice. <laughs> right, yeah. Is she wrong? Mm. And then there's a wider question in this, I think, about whether it's okay to ask for alterations in restaurants. Yeah. I find out in this week's The Incident. <laughs> And since Sarah was with me when this happened, and because she's worked in restaurants, I thought I would ask her this week. It was a combination of things. It was sort of like she was, you asked for a meaty thing without the meat. She responded, she straight up spoke to you as though that was stupid, Mm. which I got no, and a waiter can say no to any, I don't care about that. But like, don't talk to someone who's being polite, which you were being, like they're stupid. So she spoke to you like you were stupid. We're not doing that. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Then she, because I've been thinking a lot about this since it happened. Then she implied that you, with this guy who's a friend, sort of a friend of yours, yeah, yeah. that like he lied to you and like snuck meat into something you'd eaten previously. Mm. So then it was like we were stupid for thinking that they could do it without. We were stupid for buying into the idea that we'd... Be, it, like, she was basically like, well, then if you had it, you had it with meat. Mm-hmm-hmm. Which is quite a thing to... like. And she was almost sort of like, if you think you're a good vegetarian, you then you ate that with me- I, meat. I did wonder if she was a vegetarian. She seemed like a vegetarian. It was, it was so... It was so so outland it was really dramatic she yeah, was yeah, dramatically yeah. horrendous yeah so then she goes so, so that all happens did you have you said the big reveal I, did. <laughs> I didn't do the big reveal because i almost feel like the more interesting part of the story is the front part of the story i don't know and, and you're like there's no it's almost like there's no jeopardy in the story anymore if i say if i really say what happened at the end well but i do think it's so so basically at the so we you get the dish and blah blah and it's fine and and it's good and whatever. And she comes, when she comes, she sort of steers clear of us. And then when she comes to clear the plates, she says, how was everything? And I say, very nice, thank you. And she goes, I'm, I'm really sorry. I think that I was rude before. At, to which, that's all you need, right? Yeah, and yeah. the second and then, she then says that. And then the atmosphere that, was so much better between, yeah. I mean, it was still quite a bad atmosphere between us and the guy on the next table. Yes, he was still. I don't know how to resolve that. No, he was just a grosso. But it was us <laughs> being like, oh, no, no, it was so fine. No, you weren't rude at all. Even though that was what she was. She was psychotically rude. And she's like, I, I just sort of like, they're so, I don't think she said the word dogmatic. I don't think she knows that word. But, 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 but that was the vibe was sort of right. like, they're just really dogmatic about what we can and can't do. And I was like, no, 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 of course I figured as much. And it was lovely. So thank you. So, you know, and then she walked away and we looked at each other like, I mean, a revelation. Yeah. And, and I was both like, I have never, I really think it is not an over, I'm not over dramatizing this, say I have never been so surprised by someone's behavior in that situation. Mm. Hold up. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There are some things that move down the stream. Some of them are called the Floyd and Annabelle Port. It's coming past you, and on the sale is written GL. A-P, which stands for GLAP. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. The organization. Adrift. Oh, just very, very quick um, story of something that happened to me this week that we've touched on before in the podcast. So the other day, I was uh, going to my local London Underground station. And as I'm going to get on the train, I notice an old lady struggling with a shopping trolley. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I help her onto the train with it. And then I'm feeling like this great guy. Yeah, yeah. And then she sits down and I sit down a bit down the carriage. Pulls into the next station. Some people get off, some people get on. One of the people who gets on is a, a pregnant woman. There are no seats available now at this point. So right. I say to her, oh, would you like my seat? Mm-hmm. So she says, oh, thank you. That's so kind of you. And uh, she sits down. Right, and I'm feeling great, great yeah. about myself at this point. I've helped yeah. an old lady with a shopping trolley. I have given up my seat to a pregnant woman. At the next station, some more people get off. I manage to sit down again. At the next station, yeah, an old man gets on, um, quite frail, and he's walking with a stick. Yeah, and I think oh, I should offer him my seat. And then I think, oh God, but what if the other passengers think I'm some kind of do-gooder? <laughs> <laughs> because people have seen me help yeah, someone with yeah, a trolley and give yeah. up my seat to a pregnant woman. The awful thing is, is that pe- some people probably would think, oh, God, him again. Like, yeah, yeah. So I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Did anyone? Um, no, I, I, he I mean, stood I just, and I, he I, fell over. I, I mean, I just looked at my feet. I didn't see oh, him. I mean, I'm sure he must have sat down. But oh. what? what is that impulse? Like worrying about being seen as a do-gooder? No, but I like, get it. Like there's something inherently bad about being a do-gooder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, why is do-gooder even? Oh. Why is that an insult? <laughs> it's an insult. Yeah. Why? Oh. Doing good. <laughs> if you're insightful and aligned with this vision, you might be ready for the next phase. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. Time now for Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic... At the Knowledge College, it's the school, rules school for fools, is that it? Just rules school. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, were there never any fools involved? No, there were, uh, but we can create yeah. some. <laughs> uh, what, who's uh, who's the first one from? Anonymous. Hmm. I would like some anonymous advice from you at the GLAP clinic. I'm a fairly traditional British person who is fairly standoffish in nature. I have emotions and I am in touch with them, but only when necessary. And in particular, I'm not a fan of unwarranted hugs. I've recently gotten married and my partner's family are very in touch with their emotions. It has come to a head a couple of times, but most notably when I was told off by my mother-in-law for not giving her enough hugs. To be fair, she'd had a few drinks at the time, but she was also very deliberate in her actions. And she told me that we would fall out if I didn't give her more hugs. Now, just to be clear, I'm not against hugs per se. I'm just uncomfortable with the idea of them being handed out willy nilly. 
I like to think of them as the cherry on top of a meaningful interaction, reserved for the moments when they are really needed and can lift the spirits. Not every time we see the in-laws, which at the moment is twice a week. I also work with some very huggy people at work, but quite quickly established myself as not a fan of physical contact, which actually isn't true at all. I just don't want a random colleague hugging me for no good reason. This technique has worked very well as my fabricated reputation avoids any awkward situations. Alas, I'm too far gone with my mother-in-law to create a cover akin to that. So your advice would be happily received. Many thanks and all best wishes. Oh, I mean, As we've established earlier in the podcast, I think hugs are a good way of getting a hello or a goodbye over and done with without mm. any of the other sort of awkwardness that can go with those things to do mm-hmm. with handshakes or uh, kisses or so on. But <sighs> I'd like to see a rule in cases like this with family where if you're seeing them every day, you're not going to hug them every time you see them once a week. No, less than that. If you're seeing them less than that, say once a month, you are allowed to greet with a hug, but you don't have to hug them goodbye then. How about that? As a I mean, it sounds brilliant. Oh. I mean, I just <laughs> genuinely think that was okay. some of your best work. Thank you so much. Okay. How can we have such a sort of strong and prepared well, I think it's thought beca- on that? I think it's because I've been seeing my mum more because uh, since having a baby. Yeah. And she generally comes up once a week. And I just noticed somewhere along the line, we stopped hugging when we saw each other, but just because it became more of a, usually I would have seen her every sort of few months. Yeah. So now it's just a bit more like, oh, mum's here rather than like, mum's here. Do we hug every week when you come around to do the podcast? Hmm, not always, sometimes. Yeah. I wonder why we do, sometimes we don't. Yeah, that is weird, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, I also think sort of mid-flow hugs are, are weird, like somebody just wanting to hug you in the middle of an interaction. Oh. Like unless you know, because there was something about anonymous anonymous's email hmm. that suggested, um, yeah, right. you know, the mother was a bit come over here, let yeah. me give you a hug every yeah. now, which a bit much, yeah, it is a bit much. Yeah. Um, you know, I think hugs should be reserved for consoling, yeah, and even then that can be awkward. Yeah, yeah. You know, you sometimes I'm upset and you'll give me a hug. It's terrible for everyone. Why do I do it? <laughs> I can't help myself. I don't know what, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I mean, it, I'll give him a hug. <laughs> no, but it is the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think I'm probably on some level glad of it because, mm. you know, you've you've behaved in the socially acceptable <laughs> way and, you know, I, I feel listened to. But mm. at the same time, I don't think like either of us are enjoying that hug. No, no, no. But there is there is something about this mother-in-law, the fact that she mentions it, yeah. which I think is very, very, very wrong. You just Definitely. don't mention it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, Annabelle has given a very Great. firm and well thought through uh, rule there. Glad to hear it. OK, let's move on to Ruth then. Since I had my little girl three months ago, I've been getting increasingly, possibly unreasonably annoyed about antisocial parking. Go on. (laughs) Specifically, people taking the parent and child spaces at supermarkets when they don't have small people with them. My car only has three doors and negotiating the car seat in and out is a bit of a mission involving me half climbing into the back in an undignified manner and then lifting the car seat out at an odd angle. It just isn't possible in a normal space if there's another car parked next to me. So it really bothers me when those who don't need the big spaces use them. Today at the supermarket, I pulled into one of the parent and child spaces at the same time as another car pulled into the one next to me, taking the penultimate parent and child space in the car park. Yes, I checked. Out of it sprung three adult humans, no baby, toddler or small child. While I grappled with the car seat, I considered what to do. Should I confront them? Should I report it to store security as a breach of their parking policy? (laughs) I didn't really want to confront them. What if they laughed at me? But also didn't want to be the kind of busybody who tells on people like this. 
Not wanting to stereotype, but three young adults doing the big shop on a Friday lunchtime, I pretty strongly suspected they were students, ill-equipped to afford the £80 fine. What I really wanted was of some kind of authority figure, not me, to give them a good talking to about how inconsiderate they were being. In the end, I just gave them a mildly disapproving look, not sure they noticed to be honest, mm. and sulked about it throughout my shop. What should I have done and should I do? what should I do in future if this happens again? Well, is it possible... That two of the adults, young adults, as you said, mm. had some kind of condition where they looked extremely young, but oh, they were very, please, very old. Please, and the other one please. looked very old, but was very young, and it was parents and a kid. <laughs> well, let's consider that option, because it's important to consider all options. I've considered it, and no, it's not. It's not all right, so I, I have a thought, but um, I, I thought I'd ask you, because I'm sure even if you haven't found yourself in this exact situation, because yeah. I don't drive, yeah, but yeah. You, you've had issues recently around having a car and a baby. Yeah. So what do you think? Oh, what do you do? Yeah. Well, there's only one thing to do, you silently seethe. What, what else can you do? You can't You can't report them. What are you going to sound like? You could go home and punch a toy in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I did it. This has happened to me recently. It is annoying. It's yeah. really annoying. Um. But, yeah, what can you do to silently see? So what I don't have is a, a, a rule that you can follow, but I have an idea for fixing it. Okay. So it just occurred to me that the, the nature of work in supermarkets has changed in recent years mm. with the advent of self-service tills, yeah. which means they need to employ fewer people on the checkouts because mm-hmm. people are sort of ringing the stuff through themselves. Yeah. Instead of making those people redundant, yeah. why not redeploy them to the car park to yeah. patrol these kinds of things? Yeah, yeah well, that make everyone's life easier. Okay, who do I write to about that? Jay Sainsbury. <laughs> Annabelle, mm. do you fancy being in the outro this week? Yeah, why not? Here we are in the outro. Oh, hello, it's lovely. Isn't it nice? Oh, it's so nice here. Yeah. It's much nicer than the rest of the <laughs> show. Why was I never invited before? <laughs> uh, so uh, this is this is why I say some thank yous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music. It's good backing music, isn't it? Oh, I love it. I love it. And, and if you if you enjoy this backing music, you should hear it with vocals on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so you, you know their their debut album, which has been out a couple of years. It's still around. I'd like to hear some new stuff from them too. Yeah, get so, working. Yeah, get working, man. And the Echo. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Emily Harris. Harrison. Yeah, don't, I don't know why. Sun. Yeah, that's weird. When I'm in the intro on my own, I never do that. <laughs> but with weird. you here, I lost, lost the sun. Yeah. Um, yeah, Emily Harrison uh, provided the incidental music during the uh, incident. And then in the incident this week, I talked to Sarah. Partly because it's just easier to get her to come upstairs and do this than it is to, you know, chase people for a day and a half yeah. to talk to me on the incident. Yeah. Um, so thanks to her, and there's always this awkwardness around her where I feel like I could be plugging things for her, mm. but then she thinks it's embarrassing and it's kind of nepotism. She's not going to know. She's just that's it. true. She's not going to listen to it. So um, I, d- I do want to mention for her actually, and she'll probably kill me for this. She's doing a run of the show she did in Edinburgh that was nominated for best newcomer. She's doing a run of it at the Soho Theatre in London in January. And it's a great show. And I think she's going to be on for, I don't know if it's four or five nights or, or whatever it is. Um, but treat yourself. 
It's really, really funny. I'd seen it. It's so good. And 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 you can tell it's not just us saying it anymore because she got that nomination. Yeah, I know. So it's validated all yeah. our opinions. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so anyway, uh, if you look up Sarah Barron, uh, Sarah with no H, Barron with a double R, the show is called For Worse, and it's going to be on at Soho Theatre in London in January. And she would love some friendly drifters there because she said like she. Edinburgh she said at most shows you know she had one or two drifters in and she said they were always the nicest people and she chatted to them afterwards so so that's that uh, Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and um, and made our idents sometimes that confuses people because they think it sounds like a man and a woman to me mm. not two men but Simon is, is a woman is, yeah. a woman called Simon uh, who else Patrick Gunning in a while about Barbu they plugged everything in for us in the first place so they deserve a tip of the hat mm-hmm. uh, artwork which I still think you know I never get tired of it sometimes mm-hmm. with these things like with the decor in your home you get bored of it after a while yeah, yeah. but it means such a great job of our artwork and uh, you can't praise Carla Gowlett who took the photos enough or Kim Rainey who designed the whole thing which uh, I just think what a design yeah brilliant um, we'd love to hear from you the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com if you've got a story or if um, if uh, if you've got a quandary for Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic to support us on Patreon it's patreon.com stroke adrift and I think we're fairly much uh, done here aren't we yeah I just have one more question yeah excuse me are those your shoes <laughs> Adrift. Wow, it's another week with a few podications. Yeah, I say three, I think three. It is. The first one comes from Paula Lodge, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. Could you please podicate an episode to my brother, Alec? He's been listening since the late night radio show as he works nights. Oh, that was a good show. Mm. That was the one, really. Uh, and I started listening to the Home Time Show, Driving Home. As a true drifter, I have procrastinated over requesting a publication for him and have missed the major events so far this year, such as his birthday, although I did buy Annabelle's book for a oh, present. Oh, thank you. And when he ma- ran the London Marathon. Oh, my God, some- somebody asked me to run the marathon this week. They didn't. What were they thinking of? Like, on behalf of an organisation. No. Yeah. What did you say? I said, I'm very flattered to be asked... Mm. Um, but the amount of time it would involve to get myself to the level of fitness isn't something I have at the moment. No, but good answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, of course, I could not tell him in person how proud I am of him for completing it for the second time and for raising money for worthy causes, in particular this year for Macmillan Cancer Support. He's a great big brother, and I wanted to let him know how much I enjoy our random ramblings and the podcast we listens to. Uh, we listen to. Uh, games we played and TV we were watching. Such ramblings usually take place on a Sunday night during dinner at our parents or after when we're playing cards. No one else quite knows what we're talking about and strange looks and shrugs are thrown between our respective partners and parents. What a lovely sibling relationship I know, you have. it's really, really nice. That is nice. I wonder what they're watching on TV at the moment. Yeah, I'd like to know. What are you watching? I am watching Finish Killing Eve. What am I on to so now? I've got one episode to go of Killing Eve. Oh, I'm about to start making a murderer on Netflix. Oh, the second series. Second series, yeah. yeah, yeah. In a way, I wish it was a different story. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about them. Move on, move on. Nothing new. A little bit. 
I mean, I wouldn't mind sort of like a, a, a half hour catch up of what's happened since. Right. But I mean, yeah. do you really think there's enough to drag it out well, for an entire set? We'll, we'll see, see, won't we? We'll see. see. <laughs> God, that's awful on me, isn't that's it? Right. Yeah. Um, okay. But Killing Eve's good, isn't it? It's brilliant. Mm. Um, where else are we up to? Unfortunately, oh, unfortunately, this will not be the same again as our dad passed away. Uh, recently, after stoically fancying, fighting cancer uh, for about three years, Alec always helped out taking Dad to the hospital and doing garden chores or anything else he could do. So I just want to thank Alec for always being there for us, and I want him to know that I love him, which, both being drifters, we don't say to each other out loud, yes, even though he's my own brother, as he usually listens to the podcast at work, driving lorries, hopefully hearing this will not cause him to have an accident. <laughs> Thank you, Paula Lodge. Oh, Alex sounds amazing. He I does. If, if there are podications where it's going to be emotionally affecting, I think we should put them at the end, because like, now I've got to get through the other sorry, two. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm really... Who, really... Who's to say that they aren't emotional oh, too? God. I mean, I'm <laughs> really sorry to hear, yeah. hear about your dad and um, you know, a, a lovely message to read and also you know very typical of a lot of us that we'd never be able to say this stuff to each other's faces yeah. so thanks paula um this comes from lois which i think we've heard from lois before but do i say parmenter yeah yeah yeah. Parmenter. yeah lois parmenter who says dear jeff and annabelle you're right yeah you're right, you're right. Uh, i hope you're as thrilled as i am that the temperature is lowering lower sorry start this again i hope you're as thrilled as i am that the temperature is lowering towards a point where my preferred wardrobe of dark colors and a million layers is back in business i do love an autumnal th- shade it's my favorite time yeah. of year for clothes yeah me too love it um I'm requesting a podication for Flossie, my close friend of 15 years and the reason I am a diehard drifter. She and I went on holiday together when we were 15 and I was baffled as to how she could lie out in the sun for hours without getting bored. It was then explained to me that she was working her way through many saved up podcast hours of The Jeff Show and lent me an earphone to sample a few ditties. I've never looked back and aged 28, we are now both sworn drifters for life. It helps that we're both still useful in any even slightly taxing social situation. I mean, where else are we going to go? This is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> useless. Yeah, useless. you know, there, there might be people who at some point related to the stuff in these shows that we've done over the years, but have have done work on themselves and resolved some issues and it's meaningless to them now and they've moved on. Right, right. But it's more satisfying to hear that <laughs> there are some people, you know, still still stuck mm-hmm. in these patterns with the rest of us. Um, you may or may not recall, but Plot Flossie recently had a podication from her then boyfriend, Theo, who I don't believe is as committed a drifter as the two of us, but had clearly been dragged down to our level of social awkwardness long enough to send you the email. That said... I am beyond chuffed to podicate this episode to Flossie and Theo, her now fiancé. I'm so pleased. I was about to lay into Theo. Yeah, right. Because when it said uh, then boyfriend, I was about to start, oh, he was never the guy for you. And and, and then fortunately, 
You read ahead slightly. I read ahead slightly, yeah. 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 Uh, the two of them will be tying the knot in 2020. I'll just say 2020. I have to say 2020. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's, at the moment, I say like 2018. I don't say 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got a little, I've made a mental note that I'm going to start calling it from, from then on. It'll be 2020, 2021. Good, good. good. Um, da, 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 da. And I'm quietly excited for the array of nightmarish social situations the bride will have to battle through on her way to the altar. However, with the support of both you and all fellow drifters, I know she'll do just fine. I hope you're able to read out this so- read this out soon. Keep up the spectacularly awkward work, says Lois. Lois, it's so good to hear from you. So good that you've stuck with us all this time. Yeah. And, and Flossie too. And, you know, the the... There was some real kind of stuff of life in the last podication that you know got a, got everybody choked. I think, mm. but in this one, I can get quite joke, choked up thinking about us being this sort of background noise in people's lives through, you know, f- from its essence. You know, you you went from from girl, from girl to woman. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that creepy? If like, I said it, it's not. There's nothing creepy about saying from boy to man, but there's no, something creepy about girl. saying from girl it to woman. It is, because it's a real, like, sweet 16, like, yeah, you know, there's, there's, wait there's, until she's 16 type yeah, thing. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some kind of a suggestion of some kind of oh, deflowering or something. You're a woman now. But congratulations, and, and Theo... Flossie and Theo sound like a cool couple. They do. It's really great names. Yeah, I'm so pleased Theo's done right by Flossie. Yeah, me too. Because for a while there, I was worried. (laughs) Me too, me too. (laughs) And uh, finally, this comes from um, James Cannon, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. A friend of mine recently recommended your podcast. It does happen. I've started from the beginning. uh, So as far as I'm concerned, Annabelle has only just had her baby. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, and particularly enjoy tales of social awkwardness that people write in. I was amazed and highly amused when one of the stories turned out to be from the same friend who recommended the show, Mark Piper. His tale of buying a film in HMV was in episode 10 and was a proper treat to hear. Uh, When I texted him to make sure it was actually him, I simply received the reply... I knew this day would come. <laughs> That's great. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have that kind of faith, Mark. <laughs> um, Mark and his wife have had a very tough few months for reasons I won't go into, but I'd love to return the adrift spirit to uh, adrift surprise. Uh, sorry, um, return the adrift surprise to lift his spirits. Please, will you podicate an episode to Mark Piper, a drifter from the beginning and from your radio days before then? He's a fantastic friend and is genuinely one of the most socially awkward people I know. <laughs> thanks, James. Well, yeah, thanks to everyone who sent in a podication this week. They were all, um, yeah, really lovely to read in, in the different ways. And I mean that. The trouble is, I get, when I start saying they're lovely to read, I can find myself sounding a bit sort of sentimental or something, and then I put on a silly voice. <laughs> That's, that's a good way of dealing with it. I know. They're all lovely to read. But I mean, they, they really were, you know, in their, in their different ways. So um, from Paula Lodge to Alec, from Lois Parmenter mm-hmm. to Flossie and Theo. I'm, I'm worried I'm going to do some Facebook stalking. See, <laughs> really? Yeah, just like to see what Flossie and Theo look like. Oh, they you sound like a mental so great. picture, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, 
to uh, to Mark Piper and his wife, who I don't think is similarly afflicted with the adrift no. uh, condition, uh, from James Cannon. So there we go. Those are this week's podications. If you would like a podication, then you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.